Dr. Karen Becker, and joining me today for a really important conversation is Carol Bryant, and she's here to talk about ways that we can honor our animals after they're no longer with us. And I think it's a really important conversation to have for a bunch of reasons, but partly because listening to this information potentially before your animal transitions is going to give you the opportunity to do a little bit of thinking regardless of how difficult it is about uh, things you might want to do, but also if you've already lost your animal and you're still at a state of wanting to express how you're feeling or wanting to honor your pet, this conversation will be for you. So thank you so much, Carol, for joining me for this important conversation. And I'm looking forward to hearing your suggestions because I'm one of those girls that We'll probably take all of them and put all of your suggestions to good use. So thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Such a fan of yours. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. And the more pet parents we can help out, I, you know, my mantra is the more the better. So yeah, it, it's so true. And I have to believe that you probably have cultivated your list of ways that we can honor our animals from life experience. You probably have lost animals and you have done things that have helped your heart. And so I appreciate you sharing your list, your ideas, your thoughts, some suggestions, probably coming out of your own point of pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, when you go into a relationship with a dog, chances are, as you know, you're likely going to outlive them. And so knowing that I, I suffer from anticipatory grief as well, but what my dogs have taught me, I mean, fully, and it's so cliche is you've got to stay present and live in the moment. Um, and I live with no regret. Like I've done the dog birthday parties and I've given my dog birthday presents and we do the cross country road trips together. So that, that that's my way of saying, hey, anticipatory grief, you don't get to win. I'm gonna live large and my dog's coming along for the ride. So good, so good. And that, that's actually really good tip preemptively. I have had some of my clients that when at the first exam, Carol, when they're eight weeks old, the tears come and their comments isn't how do I help this brand new life live maximally and fully? Their first comments are, oh my gosh, this beautiful creature is someday going to die. And they're, they're correct. That beautiful creature is someday going to die. And yet if, if, if we go through life as that being our front and center fear, oftentimes we're, we miss amazing opportunities to celebrate all that this relationship and our animal's life has to offer. So I think even hearing about some of these suggestions, ways that we can even honor our pets while they're still alive. Mm -hmm. And then of course, things we can do after they've transitioned to help our hearts heal or to at least be able to put one foot in front of another on a really bad day. I think having the conversation and talking about it is the first step of facing some of our fears. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the greatest quotes, um, I, I wish I knew who said this, but I had read this recently because I, I within the past few months, my Cocker Spaniel did pass away suddenly from hemangiosarcoma that we had no idea he had. We thought he was going in for a, a pulled muscle in his back. And as you know, hemangiosarcoma is that, that evil train that no one sees coming. Um, what someone said to me was, you know, you were the last 
face he saw before he closed his eyes and wherever you feel your dog moves on to, whether that's nowhere or heaven or the rainbow bridge. And someday when I go, he's going to be the first thing that I see when I open my eyes. Yeah, and yeah. so that's what I cling to is that it's not forever and he would want me happy. So that anticipatory grief, I had a hard time with that, but I still struggle. My, my spouse likes to say, change the channel. When that starts coming into your brain, you need to change the channel and enjoy your dog because you're right. Someday they might, they won't be here, but that's not the focus. Mm -hmm. Your, your dog wants you to be happy. Trust me. Your dog wants you living in the moment. <laughs> and isn't it awesome that dogs give us cats, all life, yes. animals in general. The reason that I think all of us are animal junkies, junkies of creatures is because they do live in the moment and they role model that for us on a second to second basis. So even when we have a hard time staying focused and present, they give us literally constant reminders that that's where they're at. Like they're the best role models in life for a multitude of reasons. But one of them is that, that they can yes. stay present and give us the ability that if they can do it, we can do it too. And we live with these blessed role models that are square and center in our lives. And we need to take advantage of all of the life lessons that they offer us. Yeah. So, yeah. so first of all, I'm sorry about your recent loss. It's this is a hard topic then coming It's a, you got an open wound brewing girl. And it's, it, this is, it's a hard discussion. I have to ask, have you done anything so far um, in terms of creating have you have you done anything to memorialize your babe that that just transitioned that's been my focus since um i lost him um one of the things as a writer and a blogger i i find it very helpful and cathartic for me to help others going through the same thing and so i've just reached out to people who are in grief and and told them some of the things i've been doing um i i've also until another dog comes in my life I've been helping dogs get into new homes by, I have a, a nice network of people, a, a pretty strong following. So I'll just tell someone, you know, I'm not ready, but this dog really needs a home and look at him and how cute and he does this and that. And, and I've helped to get dogs home. So outside of that, yes, I, I've, um, I'm an over the top dog mom first, and then I'm a writer and a blogger second. So yeah, one of the things that um, I've done is you mentioned the, the, the hair, but it was right before Christmas that he passed. So they gave us a, um, his hair when we took him to be cremated. And so I made an ornament with his hair in it. Um, and that's gonna kind of stay, his name was Dexter. So that's gonna stay out year round. Um, I also, Etsy is a wonderland of places for people who love pet jewelry and things like that. And um, there was a woman who was making rings and she could take a piece of hair that you send her and put it into this resin ring with dried flowers. And then you'd always feel like you were petting your dog and your dog was nearby. Mm -hmm. Things like that, those tangibles give me comfort. Um, I also wrote an obituary for him. Oh, um, I had ordered my Christmas cards. They were ready to go out. Of course, it's the dog in a silly Santa hat. And I thought, what do I do? Yeah. Are they gonna think I'm crazy if I send it out? And is she off the deep end? And I kind of left what people think about me <laughs> at the door years ago. So I sent the Christmas cards out, but I did an obituary with it. Mm. Um, with all his accomplishments, he wasn't just my dog, you know, he was my, he earned his canine good citizen and he had trick dog titles and he traveled around the country and he was ambassador for Cocker Spaniels. Yeah. 
So I hoped to inspire someone. And I had someone say, because of that note, they went out and adopted a dog. So he's not gone. I feel like you could keep your dog alive in so many ways and memorializing them. Those are just a, a few that came off my head, but memorializing them in your everyday life and in your actions, then they're never gone. Really good advice. I think that for some people, especially when, when you have a family member that you can see or a friend that you can see so profoundly grieving, I think sometimes we don't want to ask. We don't want to bring it up. I think a lot of times family members, friends and family, they don't know what to say to someone who's hurting so profoundly. I think it also happens when, when humans die and, and in an attempt to not try to make the wound more painful, a lot of times we just tiptoe around the elephant in the room rather than just acknowledging it and saying to people who are hurting, Hey, I know you went through a loss and I'm thinking about you. I think for me, when I have lost animals, people recognize the depth and breadth of my grief and they just don't want to say anything. And, and that it helps a lot. I think when people do just let each other know that they're hurting. And so I think having people check in on you, or it's great that you've got a a circle of support, having those people let you know that they're thinking about you, I think is important. And I think that that's something that if you know someone who's lost an animal, just acknowledging that they're hurting right now is an important step. Exactly. And, and, and it doesn't stop. The hardest part for me was when, and if like yourself, you're in the public eye, suddenly your Instagram stops and suddenly your Facebook comes to a halt and it's awkward. But for people who aren't maybe so much in the public eye, one of the things that I found, and again, this was, I think Dexter, my dog, his little, his little uh, fluttering his wings at me, there are hashtags you could follow and find a community of people who are suffering with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that's like pet loss or hashtag pet grieving or wherever you go, all of the different resources you have available. Um, there is a community out there because a lot of people I'm finding suffer in silence, whether yes. it's because it's just a pet or they're not online a lot, or maybe they don't have a presence. Um, I found some of the greatest friends and the most supportive people just because we share this common bond of loss. And um, online, I went to an online support group also. The hospital where Dexter died uh, had, had a service that they offered three online classes or online support groups, I should say, with a counselor um, because you can't get together in person. And we were able to talk about our pet. And now I have friends from that too, because two of us had our dogs die suddenly from hemangiosarcoma. So I think it's that embracing that even though you don't have your pet with you physically anymore, um, and this is coming from a girl who has now cried three months worth of tears, is finding a new way to honor them and keep them in your life. And in that way, you never let go. They're always with you if you're honoring them in a special way. Really good advice. And are you finding um, that as you are working through your grief and processing your grief, that you are coming up with different ideas or thoughts or maybe inspirations, maybe divine, maybe Dexter divine inspirations of how you can, uh, things you can do to, to, to be able to feel connected to Dexter 
despite the fact that you're still hurting? Yeah, I think like one of the first things, and we all do this, is um, for about a week, I took all of his photos down. I don't know what it was. It was just a reminder he wasn't here. Having the photos around me helps. Um, of course, you could do gifts and trinkets. And I mean, I have my memorial angel and I light her with a little votive candle and I just kind of I talk to him I I don't see why you shouldn't talk to your pet just because they're physically I'm very spiritual not the world's most religious girl but I am spiritual one of the things that I read I loved it so much as I and I started doing this ask your friends whether that's online your family your neighbors for a special anecdote about your pet who passed away so what do, what do you remember about Dexter or what do you remember about my cat who's no longer with us and have them email them to you snail mail them to you put them all in a jar um, when you're feeling down you could pull one out and and you have this memory that somebody else experienced about your pet or I love the idea of and I'm going to do this making a collage of all of them and so it's all of these I, I've seen pictures now that people took at events with my dog I have no idea. They're like, do you know, Aww. I had a conversation with your dog and he smiled at me. And these are things I had no idea until he's gone. And yeah. so in that way, like all these random acts of kindness, it's actually restored my faith in humanity with how the shape of our world in these past couple of years, pet people are awesome people when they come together. And so you might not think something so small as to say, I'm so sorry for your loss or you know, your cat, I used to love this picture when you put it up on Instagram or whatever it is, just tell someone that even if you leave it in a comment or you send them an email, you could gather all those up together and make a memory board. And that's what I plan to do. It's one of the things I've started. That's a great idea. And one that I've not heard, but that's a really good idea. Even for me, I think about asking asking people that you maybe only met my dog or cat once or twice, just asking them what they remember or their experience. It's really, really good. And that also gives you perspective. And also you hear new stories about an animal yes. that you know very intimately, which is, which is awesome. That's a great suggestion. And it might just be things that you might not have met these people in person, but if you put a photo on the internet, or if you have an Instagram or a Twitter account or a TikTok or something, just asking for those memories, um, it's, it's phenomenal. And something I do plan to do is take another visit to a dog mountain in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, which I've been to twice. There's a chapel there and you could put your um, deceased pets photo on the wall of the chapel. And when we went a few years ago to memorialize my first cocker who died, it, it, it's an overwhelming experience. I literally sat in the chapel for the day. You could feel the love, the grief, but also the sense of hope. I don't even, I, I cried for hope um, to see these thousands and thousands of pets on the wall that are loved and they're not lost because there I was looking at them all, Aww. you know, it's that kind of thing. So that's something else once the weather breaks and yeah. the pandemic calms down, I plan another trip to Dog Mountain in Vermont. I think it's one of those meccas every dog or pet that's parent should take. It's beautiful. I have never heard of it, but I would also like to Mecca there. I think, yeah, that, that sounds like a beautiful experience. Was it a, a, a chapel that was specifically built or converted to be? Yes, it was a chapel that was built so that the, the pews at the end have uh, carved wooden sculptures of dogs and there's 140 acres and dogs are welcome. So you could let your dog off leash there to run if you wanted to. Um, everything is about the dogs. They have a little museum 
And it, it's absolutely, um, you're coming up on this dirt road and you think, am I going into a serial killer's house or where, where am I exactly headed? And suddenly there's this heaven on earth. It's, it's, wow. it's dog lovers at St. Johnsbury, Vermont. There's not much else around it, but um, you, you could probably be, probably find a nice hotel about like half hour to an hour from there. It's worth the, and we're, like I said, we're planning on going there again. We took him there. And now um, we'll, we'll take our next dog there. What a beautiful ritual. That's okay. Thank you. That's a bucket list item for me. It's really, oh, that's a great suggestion. Oh, and it's just, it's so peaceful. And you would, I would thought I'm never going to be able to make it through, but I mean, I was just kind of catatonic and I sat with my dog and he knew too. He knew yeah. he was very, dogs were very serene there. Nobody was crazy and throwing balls or, you know, any of that. All, even the dogs kind of had a sense of something came over them. Very magical, Karen. Really good. That's a beautiful suggestion. Yes. And I, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And I think and for those who can't get there, you can probably visit online. I'm sure they have a website or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and we will, we will link that website uh, to the article. That's a fantastic suggestion. Do you have people, Carol, that have, that because you're out and about uh, educating, doing a lot of education uh, in the name of ha ha helping dogs specifically have healthier, happier lives. Did you have people uh, reach out to you? Did you publicly post that your dog had transitioned? Yes. Um, I publicly, I'm, <laughs> I'm a public girl. And so from when we took them to the vet um, to sad story, pandemic related, we couldn't find an emergency hospital to take us within three hours of our house because they were all full. And so I'm in Pennsylvania. We wound up in Jersey with an amazing hospital. I don't know if I'm allowed to shout them out or not, sure, but sure. Oradell, Oradell Animal Hospital in New Jersey, um, who at midnight, you know, coming in with a sick dog and you know, something's up when they bring the cart out. And, uh, you, you know, you can't go back because it's COVID, but, um, I went on from the time I have a community and I needed that support. And I said, we, we're in a situation here. So I Facebooked it mm -hmm. and people followed along and I just felt the power of their love during, and I also needed that power of their love once it happened, because, um, you know, everybody from Dr. Coger to my friends that I've known from childhood to, People follow my dog. I'm just the other end of the leash. I don't even know if people know what I look like. What's new with your dog? You know, what are his comings and goings? And so I, I had to say something when, when he passed. And for me, putting it out in the public helped me even more mm -hmm. because people came out with stories of their own. Uh, they shared tips. I, I talked to a veterinarian who really called me down and explained, I didn't do this to my dog. I didn't. I blame myself. I thought I missed it. I'm, I'm, this, do. Right. Oh, right. I'm this dog mom who writes and what's my problem. Yep. Um, so that took a few weeks to say, it wasn't my fault. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think you've got, you've got to have a community. Even mm -hmm. if anybody out there is listening to this with anticipatory grief, talk to people who have pets and just share the love together now, because like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, not just our pets. So I just, I'm really trying my hardest to stay present and living in the moment. Yeah. And, and for people who maybe don't feel comfortable announcing that their animal has transitioned, maybe they don't want questions. They don't want people asking, how are mm -hmm. you? Because they're terrible. 
they're just not interested in, in letting anyone know that internal pain can become un, unbearable, but there are things that, that people can do that, that will resonate with them that mm-hmm. can help relieve some of that anxiety and, and feeling of being completely and utterly broken and shattered. One of the things that I uh, did when Gemini died was I found my most favorite pictures of her and then made a, a, a wall collage of, of my favorite photos of her. And I bet there's that still, that still, I said, I wrote a poem uh-huh. and, and I, I wrote a poem, but I, it just has been so, um, this picture I, I had professionally made right soon after her death, but it just, it's, I'll, I'll have it with me till the day I die because it's just such a beautiful way that every single time I look at her beautiful face, it just reminds me of how, how energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changed forms and Gemini changed forms, but it has helped immensely to have kind of a living picture of her with me wherever I go. That that's beautiful. That's the sort of thing. Um, my office is surrounded with, with my dog memorabilia, but I also did tattoos. I, that was something I wanted also. And rather than getting an image Cocker Spaniels, they sit like plop right on your lap and they leave those more, uh, any dog, if they're on the, your lap, I'm pointing to my leg. Their paw print sort of leaves its impression. And so that long, if you have shorts on, when they get up, that paw impression is still there. So I have his paw prints and my first dog's paw prints exact where they would have sat on my leg. Mm-hmm. That gives me such comfort. And that's something that people could do. I think that if they don't want to talk about it, but they want a permanent memorial and maybe a necklace or a ring isn't enough and photos, they love them, but they want to go something more. Um, and I will say the pain of losing a dog is much harder than the pain of a tattoo. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and you know, I, I haven't thought about tattoos, but I do have clients that have beautiful paw prints of all of their beloveds. And it's such a, it literally is a living memorial to that, to that relationship, to all of those relationships and they're gorgeous. So that's another great idea. I love that as well. Uh, did you, did you cremate Dexter? Or did you bury him? I did. We cremated and um, <laughs> called the crematorium every day until we can go pick up his remains. And I feel such a sense of comfort having him here with us. Um, I hope someday that it'll be allowed that he can, he and our um, other dogs can be cremated and put together with me and, you know, yeah. <laughs> put out at the dog park or where. wherever someone wants me to be but we did the special urn I had a special urn made and um I I, you know and I went to a grief counselor because it got to be too much for me and after a week you know I seem so strong now but I wouldn't get out of bed um I didn't want to take a shower I was still in the same clothes and so if that's you that happens um but after about a week my family was like you smell and you need to get up you know I mean, I'm being funny about it, but so I sought the help of a grief counselor who I saw the last time a dog died. And I tell her that it's like my oil check. Um, I I just need that look under the hood and kind of help me and remind me. And she said, you know, you're you're a dog person. You're not just a one dog person. This is something that you bought into for life. And so with that great love is going to come great pain. 
So um, outside of the tattoo and the counselor, I also started journaling just for me. I literally picked up a pen. I got one of those paw print, you know, just like a Walmart $2 journal type thing with paw prints on it. And I've just started writing down things about him I don't want to forget, just some of the little things. And I don't know where that'll end up right now. That's just for me that maybe it'll just stay in that journal, but I have been blogging an inordinate amount about death. And so anybody that follows my blog, happier times are coming, but I needed to do that for me. But the response from the people who are reading about grief uh, or a way that I help them that's how my dog lives. I feel like he'd want me to do that. Yes. Well, and, and I'm so proud of you for doing that out of you expressing just your sheer transparent pain. Many other people can relate to that and maybe don't have the energy or the ability right now to, to express it themselves. Maybe they don't even have the words, Mm -hmm. but by reading someone else's perspective, they can relate totally to, to where you are at because they're at the same point. So thank you for publicly sharing how you're doing. If people wanted to read those, those intimate conversations that you've had, where would they go, Carol, to, to read your conversations with yourself about how, how yeah. you're working through this? Yeah. So everything is on my blog, which is fidoseofreality.com. It's spelled just like it sounds, fidoseofreality.com. And they could just search grief or pet loss in the search bar. And um, there's quite a few articles there and it's just raw and real and actionable because I don't, I, I just felt like when it came over me, I didn't know where to put this grief. And I'm sure you've heard this grief is love with no place to go. And um, so I am gonna give it to another pet and I'll still help animals, but I live to write. I mean, I think I'm on this planet to write and to help dogs. Mm. Oh, and to also find my spouse. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> oops, that is something that I think people could do is if they don't feel they could express it in their own heart or, or how I've had people tell me they've sent a blog post to a family member and it was like, here's how, what I'm going through. I can't talk about it, but this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, and, and just the outpouring of love, like it makes me think that in some way Dexter is Dexter and all these lives have sort of wherever you think your pet is. Or if you think it doesn't go anywhere when we die, wherever you think your pet is, I feel like they've all found each other in some way, the way we've found each other here on earth. Yeah. yeah. And that there is that connection, that energetic connection, which I feel does, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I do, I feel it. I feel it in the funniest ways. And like, just before I got on with you, I was, um, I went on Etsy to try to find an announcement to announce our next pet when he comes into our lives. And honest to goodness, if on the first page, it didn't have um, jewelry and the name on the jewelry was Dexter. Mm. I just look at those things like of the millions of dog names out there. I don't know. There have been signs since. And that's another thing I do believe they pass us signs that we, but we don't go looking for them. Like, well, why didn't he wake me up in the middle of the night? Or I'm not dreaming about him. It might be the slightest thing, but I'm telling you, there's been enough things that have happened to me um, over the years after losing my dogs that you'll get signs if you, they're there. I, I, that connection, the energetic connection does not die just because the body's gone. Yeah. Um, 
that's my belief. Yeah. And, and it's also very reassuring for people that think, oh no, you know, what if, what if I never feel what I feel my dog or cat's still alive right now, but they're in the dying process. What if I don't have that connection? I think that for me, when I was going through my most significant anticipatory grief, I read every possible book on animals and spirituality and animals in heaven and, and humans and, and, and energy transfer. Like I just wanted to know, I just wanted to read everyone's perspective mm-hmm. because in some way it allowed me to recognize that there's all these scholars and thousands of people around the world that have and are experiencing what I am feeling. And yet they have more confidence in, in recognizing that that energy connection remains. And it, when at a point in my life, when I didn't have faith or confidence, reading other people who had it gave me a profound sense of peace. And I think that reading journaling and reading are really two really good soul soothers, at least for me, they, they were incredibly beneficial at helping me when I was at my weakest. And I think that that's something else that, that we can just talk about is just the fact that we don't necessarily have to say anything profound or meaningful, but that we can use other people's words that have been through what we're going through to find a source of strength. Absolutely. And that made me think of something my uh, therapist said to me. She, you know, I went there and I just, I poured my heart out and I said, just help. Like, I can't even see the light. Like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do now because I work from home I have my home office. And so your dog is always with you. I think that also, it just adds an extra, they're happy to see you when you come home. Mm-hmm. She said, there's no fast forward button on grief, Carol. You, you know, you're going to have to walk through the fire. I can't make you better. You're, and, and she's right. And there's no timeline on it, timeline to grief. But um, during those most wicked, horrible, gut-wrenching times, I just, I clung to his blanket. Um, I talked to people. Sometimes I didn't want to talk to people. Um, but if it gets to be way too much, and I always tell people this, if, it, if you feel you cannot survive or get by without your pet, like definitely look, look for some intervention. You need to get help for that. Um, because your pet would not want you to not be here because they're not. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important, I think, you know, you can have flashes of thoughts that are incredibly dark, but you are spot on your animals, Mm -hmm. your animals, uh, would your animals perspective on your thought processes are worth thinking about because our animals want us grounded and they want us in a state of balance and they do not us being caught up in grief to the point that we are not functional humans is not where our beloveds would want us to be. Not at all. Not at all. And, um, something else I did too, a friend of mine did it, but it during the pandemic and being, you know, we're all indoors. Um, people have done crossword puzzles and they've done jigsaw puzzles. I've learned. I don't like either, but (laughs) there's this thing called diamond art. I don't know if this is going to show up Dr. Becker, oh, but beautiful. Um, this beautiful. Is, um, you can order these kits for like, I don't know, 10, 15 bucks and they'll lay out your, this is Dexter and they'll lay out um, the photo for you. And then you get these little pieces of, they call them diamonds. They're like little, and you hand set each one. So my best friend did oh. this for me when he died. 
I mean, it literally took her weeks, but she said it was so cathartic for her because it was something she could pour. Like, she's like, I know you couldn't help me with my grief over losing your dog. So she did that for me. And I, I just, I don't know, some sort of sense of peace has come over me when I think people love me that much to do that. Yes. Yeah, and Carol, what's the, what, what do, do you know the website for that again? What, that was Etsy. Or, like I'm one of those okay. Etsy junkies. Okay, and yeah. if you put okay. in um, diamond art, uh, okay. they're all different sellers and that kind of thing. But it, like, she had it framed for me. It's but, amazing. And, and that would be something that for me, some of those, those meticulous, the act of placing those would be really that, that is, that resonates with me profoundly because the point, I, I, I might want to do one now. Like I'm actually yes. thinking of doing one um, yes. just because crossword puzzles and jigsaw puzzles. No, it made me yeah. more frustrated, but yeah. art I can do diamond art. That's, I can do. that's beautiful. I had no idea. I love that suggestion as well. Wow. All of these things I, I didn't know about. This is really I try good. to do things that, you know, um, I've had friends, they've planted a tree in my dog's honor. Also, if you have the space and I have a deck, I don't have a backyard, but um, if you have a garden area and you can make a memorial garden, my friend who did that art for her first cocker did like a little garden flag. She has a garden stone and she actually put some of the um, cremains in the dirt in that area. And she just her little prayer garden where she can go and visit with Coco whenever thoughts, you know, come to her and she's always right there for her. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody's grief is different, but I think that everybody's way to memorial, memorialize, honor, think of, and never really let go of your pet. There's so many, you don't have to let go. Why, why let go? Like talk about them, keep them alive, make it your screensaver. Um, personalized wind chimes. I found a lady, I'm here I go. I have no stock in Etsy. She does, um, <laughs> she does these things on Etsy where she'll do like little statues of your dog. Oh my gosh. Right. And then she adorable. did an angel for my first dog. Oh, and it's like 10 bucks. I mean, so it's not that you have to break the bank and you could send someone, if you know someone that's grieving, send them an Etsy gift card. They could get what they want. I mean, there's it, that, that place that that's dangerous for me. And something else I did was I cyber fostered a dog. I, I wanted to get that out there. It was in his name. Um, I just went to one of my Cocker Spaniel rescue groups and said, who really needs help? And they said, oh, this poor guy, and, you know, we found him, he's 10 years old and he's got no teeth. And I said, I want to donate to him every month. So I'm cyber fostering. Beautiful. That's a beautiful idea as well. Gosh, yeah. really good. Really good. Wow. <laughs> you know, I just, um, you know, good, and there's, there's other things too. There's other things, but those are some of the like getting a memorial quilt or you could do a blanket with your dog's photo on it, um, stuff like that. But I, I even, um, I had a hard time taking a walk without my dog. Yes. That, yes. Was, I, I don't, 30 years, I haven't taken a walk by myself. So yeah. I took his leash with me and his collar and I put that in my crossbody bag and then I didn't feel so alone. Yeah. You know, it's good. I'm not crying. I know. I know. I know. I just, that, that's the hardest part for me is the physical. It's the, yeah, the physical. I'm a carton junkie is what I say. Right. I just like yeah. the, I really like how my animals smell and how they feel. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, when that fur came and, um, they give, they gave me a paw print at the mm -hmm. crematorium. Well, 
that's kind of worn down now because my hand has been on it uh, yeah. so much. That uh, it's I'm not here to say it's that pain ever goes away and nor should it. It just yeah. becomes. Um, so my last one died 13 years ago. So it just becomes a part of you. I don't think I, I'll ever get over it. And there's not a timeline that you should. That's the one thing that makes me angry. Like, can I talk about it now? Are you over it? We don't get over our mom or our dad or our friends dying. So I just believe, you know, we carry that love with us. And I want to honor him. Most of all, I want to honor him. And in that way, when someone says his name, um, he's here. He's here. And it's really wonderful that you can, that you can continue to speak about him and that potentially when you hear his name and you say his name, it does shift from maybe initially overwhelming pain to really just good memories and, and then get to a point where you can say his name and there isn't hurt and darkness and regret and all of those negative emotions, but you eventually get to the point where it's just warm and fuzzy and connecting and edifying. And that's full circle in the sense that the pain is still there. You miss them excruciatingly, but you're able to move forward because that's what they want us. They do want us to be functional in our lives and us getting to a place where we can be functional is really important. And, you know, he, I would never want any pet I ever have to suffer or just to be alive for me. Um, and so that was, that is, I think that was the one piece that tipped me forward that they said, you could take your dog home and, you know, he might bleed out on you or, you know, you need to make a decision here. And as you know, hemangiosarcoma oh. just comes Brutal. out of nowhere. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. It is. And it, and it just, you literally go into shock. It's yes. like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Is right. that what is this six by six yes. mass on my dog's liver? And it's yes. cavitary. What? And yeah. they brought it out. And I thought it, we were going in for a sore back because he was yeah. eating and drinking and had a clean bill of health. Um, yeah. So that was the guilt in me. But now I know I always will put my dog first and keeping him alive for me to suffer would have been a, a, a tragedy. So that was my final sense of peace that I did the right thing for him. I did that as an act of love. Yeah. This I say three months later, um, I didn't right. feel that in the beginning. Yep. I, I thought I killed my dog, yep. but it's a process, but, and this is cliche, but whoever is listening to this, um, I've learned so much from you, Dr. Becker, whenever something comes up in my life, write to your blog, write to your YouTube, you know, what, what does she have to say about it? Because you're my authority and um, I, I gain inspiration from you and everything you do in the name of dog. Thank you. And I, uh, it's, it's, hum it's humbling and I appreciate people that resonate with my experiences, my mistakes, um, I, how I've grown and evolved as a veterinarian, as a human, as a pet lover, talking about all of this is the most important thing because either we've all been there with these common emotions of loving and losing things, or we will all be there. So having a community talking about what we've been through or what we're going to go through, being supportive to one another, engaging in 
in conversations and community that allows us to support each other when we're going through these things. That is the most important thing that we can do for each, for each other. So I, I'm, I'm thankful that I have been able to be a resource to you. And in turn, you're a resource to thousands of people as well. So it is, this is exactly how we support and love those around us knowing that they are going through or will go through the exact same excruciating pain that we all have experienced. And it's worth it. And that's the, and I think, why, what is wrong with me that I'd want to go through that because the love is so worth it. Um, One of my friends, she's a breeder. She says, laughter through the laughter, through the tears, you'll eventually get there. That put a lid on that, Lisa. (laughs) She's right. (laughs) She's right. There, there are things now that I think of the funny things he did and I'm laughing about them. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's one of those hourglasses when you get it it done. I feel like the time clips through, I'm, I'm, again, I'm pushing that to the side too. None of us know. And so it's that living for now. It's hard. I know that anticipatory grief is rough, but for now it's that living for now. And, um, and just t- taking that love and carrying it with you, because if it wasn't your dog, he'd belong to, he or she would belong to someone else. Somebody told me this. And so what a gift you have that somehow in this crazy mixed up universe, he found his way to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, when you can really absorb the blood, the magnitude of that union and the blessing of you being the one to have had the honor to care for that creature, it's like, Thank you, universe, whatever, fill in the blank. Thank you for this amazing opportunity to be able to be in relationship with this unbelievable animal. Yeah, it is. It's truly a gift. The suggestions that you have provided for us today have been really good. Many of them I ha- I didn't know about, and many of them I'm going to institute. So thank you so much for taking the time to put together this little list for us in the sense that these are all things, maybe not all of them for everyone, but there's something in this interview that will resonate with everyone that is going to lose or has lost an animal and can bring a little healing and peace to our broken hearts. So thank you for putting your thoughts together for us. I appreciate that. And in that way, I feel like all of us who have loved and lost a pet, um, the the body's not there anymore, but no one can take that love away. Love never ends. Thank you for watching this interview. I hope you came away with some important takeaways that will be helpful to you on your journey. This is a difficult topic to talk about for sure, but expanding your knowledge and educating yourself about the grief process will help you through it. We're so thankful you're taking the time to care for yourself in this way.